Now, now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do so great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at Dell.com. Welcome to now. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show, Monday through Friday on the Athletic Podcast Network. And welcome to another Hoops Adjacent episode of the Athletic MBA Show. David Aldrich here in D.C. out in Cali. My man Waz Lambre. Waz, what's up, sir? I'm good, DA. I'm good. Just just maintaining, man. Just looking forward to the All-Star break because I actually was, I had the wisdom of taking my own vacation during the All-Star break. So, you know, looking forward to a few days off and just relaxing and chilling. You don't have to go to, you don't have to go to Atlanta with everybody else? No, I'm not going to Atlanta. <laughs> I, won't be, I won't be in Atlanta for that. <laughs> well, neither will I. And I can't say that I'm sad about that. So... Unfortunately. So we're going to talk about all things Atlanta with our buddy Chris Kirchner from The Athletic who covers the Hawks. And um, Chris, is this your first time on Hoops Adjacent? This is my first time. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome aboard. Thank you. Yeah, exactly, man. Man, glad you could make it. Glad you could make it. Thanks for joining us, man. So, yeah, Chris covers the Hawks, does a great job. Had for, you know, the first year – had, let's be honest, a really bad team that he nonetheless made interesting through his reporting and writing um, and now has a disappointing team that's in the news because they just cashiered Lloyd Pierce on Monday and it was a bit surprising, I suppose, to the outside. But to the inside, not really. Um, and Chris, talk. I mean, I would love your your thoughts on what were the tea leaves that led you to believe and, and people that, you know, followed the team and followed the league to believe that Lloyd didn't have much time left? So I knew going into the Oklahoma City game uh, this past Friday that these four games were going to be important. I did not realize that he was going to get fired in the middle of their four-game road trip. I knew that it was trending toward him getting fired at some point in the next few days. I I expected it it was going to be after Wednesday's game against Orlando or the day after when they were back in Atlanta. So I knew it it was the time was ticking. Um, And like you said, I don't think it was necessarily a, a surprise to learn that this was happening just because of the fact that I knew things were going sideways in the locker room. There just wasn't a lot of trust Mm. in Pierce from Mm. the players. Um, Mm. And when you don't have the trust in the players, particularly Trey Young, who is obviously the centerpiece of the Hawks roster, uh, and you're the coach, it's probably not going to go well for you because obviously they're always going to side with the player. And in this case, I mean, Trey is, is the franchise. You know, I, I have to wonder, Chris, because I I, I, I kind of feel bad for Lloyd Pierce because, you know, there's no track record of him being successful with this team, but they haven't had good players his entire tenure there, right? So what is he actually being judged on? Is it 
an inability to, you know, form that bond with the franchise player, you know, the guy that they were fine letting Luka Doncic go to take on? Um, Or is it just a matter of this year, there were expectations and he just hasn't met them? Like, which one is it? Because even this year, they've been really injured. Um, They're their prize free agent acquisition basically hasn't played. What is he being judged against? I think it's a combination of not meeting those expectations. And, and this is the first year in his era that there were expectations to win. And I think ultimately the bigger thing is not being able to manage the locker room. Because in the story that um, David and I uh, worked on together, along with Sam Amick and Sham Sharania, um, you know, he didn't have the locker room at all. Like there was no trust in, from either side of the equation on Lloyd's side and the players and the players in, in Lloyd. And they felt that possibly getting a new voice in there and they had an experienced coach on the bench and Nate McMillan, who is now the interim coach, they felt that perhaps with McMillan now in charge, that the players would respond better. It's important to note that uh, Trey is a fan of McMillan and and has enjoyed learning from him so far this season. I think that is an important piece of this puzzle. Um, But yeah, I mean, when you look at Lloyd and if he was given a fair opportunity, I think there's definitely an argument to be made that he wasn't just because when you look at the roster the past two years, I don't, I don't think Phil Jackson or, or Red Auerbach could have coached Evan Turner, Chandler Parsons, Damian Jones, Alan Crabb to a playoff record. Like, I mean, it, it, that's just the situation. They, they were built to not win many games and they didn't win many games. They accomplished their goal of getting high draft picks. They got DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish. Um, in the past couple of years, Onyeka Okongwu this year at number six. So they got the draft picks, but ultimately I think his inability to connect with the players um, was the main reason why he got out. I, you know, I, I, that is always, especially with a young team, and we saw it in Denver a few years ago with Brian Shaw, and we had Brian on the show a couple of weeks ago. Um, and it's always when you have a young team, that's always what you hear from management. Well, you know, he didn't really connect with the young guys. And I'm I'm asking you this, Chris, just, just as an observer, because you know all the parties involved. I mean, what responsibility do the young guys have <laughs> to be coached? You know what I mean? Like, you have to accept coaching. That's what the NBA is all about. That's what Chuck Daly, the great Hall of Fame, late great Hall of Fame coach said many years ago, that players allow you to coach them in any, in the NBA. And if, you, if they allow you to coach them, then you have a chance to be successful as a head coach. So where, where, does the players, where is the player's responsibility to allow themselves to be coached, to allow themselves to be criticized so that they don't always take it as complaining or, 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 or throwing them under the bus or whatever you want to call it? It's, it's coaching. You know what I mean? <laughs> so where, where is their responsibility on this? Yeah, I mean, it, it, there should be a big responsibility on, on the player side of things, and there just wasn't. And, you know, right or wrong, that's ultimately what got Lloyd fired. And when you – I mean, I've obviously watched every single Hawks game in the past three seasons and, and know how the players have felt during this time. It just seemed like, especially with the young players – 
that they came into the league thinking they knew everything and their way was right. And they were given a lot of opportunities from the beginning, especially with, you know, Trey, Cam, John, DeAndre, Kevin, all these young guys were thrown into the starting rotation essentially from day one. And there just weren't great habits formed from the beginning um, just because of the fact that, again, winning wasn't necessarily the biggest um, expectation, especially in those first two seasons. And over time, when those bad habits are formed, it's kind of hard to break them. And, and I think that's what we've seen this year. Um, you know, they, uh, Trey and Lloyd had met this past summer to fix the situation. Obviously, both of them understood that the relationship they shared with one another in the first two years wasn't great. And in order to make the playoffs this season, they had to see eye to eye. They left that trip this this past offseason feeling like they were on good terms. But once the team started losing, uh, Trey in particular grew frustrated with the situ- situation and, and felt like this wasn't going to work and Lloyd wasn't the right coach for him long term. That's, you know, that's that's interesting that you say that Trey has already developed a bond or respect uh, with Nate McMillan. Obviously, in the offseason, you amongst a lot of people noticed that, you know, Lloyd had a sort of mandate to get something done this season. And then they hire as his lead assistant a guy who's got a fairly established resume as a winner in the as a coach in the NBA um then we could all kind of see the conflict of interest maybe there um so it's it's like it's interesting how that's all work can you talk to us about that whole dynamic all season yeah it, it has been interesting um and to Nate's point he did not accept the interim tag immediately. He wanted to make sure that Lloyd was okay with it. Um, you know, they they were close with one another. Um, you know, Nate had said before when he took over for Lloyd a couple weeks ago when Lloyd had his second child that he came to Atlanta with the understanding that you know he was going to be working for Lloyd. He didn't want to be a head coach this year. Um, he wanted to help Lloyd because he was his friend and, and thought highly of his plan. And then obviously two weeks after he took over for three games, he's now the interim coach. But as far as Trey and Nate go, um, I, I think one of the biggest reasons why Trey has respected Nate is because, I mean, obviously Nate was a point guard. He's been in his position before. He's had success in the league. He's known to have his point guards when when he's in control play freely and and develop a system around the point guard. And I think that's important for Trey because over the past three seasons, he felt that Lloyd did not kind of cater to him, even though from my perspective, I thought they did because the offense was – obviously heavily um, circled around Trey. Everything revolved around Trey. 
They ran, you know, pick and roll pretty much every single play on the offensive side of the floor for Trey. Um, so I don't know what exactly why he yeah, felt what, that what way. could have what could have been more catered to him than him being probably the most heliocentric player in the entire NBA, which, by the way, justifiably so. Right. We saw what happened. We saw what would happen when other guys tried to initiate offense for them or when Trey was just straight up not on the floor. They stunk. So how could what could, what could he have done more for this guy? That's that's the part that I haven't been able to figure out. I think the main thing for for Trey in particular is um, he's one of those guys who sees what others say about him on social media. He can't win. Mm. You can't build around him. You will mm. never win a championship around him. And for someone like him who's 22 years old and, and you know, is on social media and sees what others say. I mean, from the, the moment he took his first shot in summer league in Utah, he airballed it and everybody was calling him a bust and that got <laughs> to him. And I, I think for, he's, he's seen all this over the past couple seasons and was like, man, like I, maybe something, I mean, maybe something has to change. Maybe Lloyd is the problem. Maybe I can't win with this coach. Maybe if we brought in someone else, I would have a better chance at winning. That's my theory is the fact that, you know, he is so, you know, aware of what's said about him that he needed to change that image. It's, it's, you know, I am not at all surprised. And and again, nobody who really follows the league is surprised that they picked Trey Young over Lloyd Pierce, okay? That's fine. Happens all the time in the league. But what what troubles me about Atlanta is that it is, you know, it's been so obvious that Trey Young was the guy that ownership wanted. They wanted him to sell tickets. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with bringing in a guy that can sell tickets if he's good. And Trey Young's good. He's be, he's a he's beyond good. He's an all-star. Okay? So there's nothing wrong with that. But the reason to fire a guy is something that I just think ownership has to own. And I'm look, I, I get along with Travis Schlenk fine. We have a good relationship. It's, there's nothing wrong with our relationship. I thought it was unfair to put him out there when this wasn't real. I mean, I don't think this was his call. I just don't think this was his call. I think this was Tony Ressler's call. And why wasn't Tony Ressler at the press conference last night or at the Zoom conference, let's put it that way, last night? Um and and own it, and it's okay to say, "Hey, I had to pick, and I picked the 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 player," because that happens in this league. We all understand that. I just wonder why they he wasn't there. Yeah, it, it's an interesting point to bring up because you know a few years ago when the Hawks got rid of uh, Mike Budenholzer, wrestler was there when they had a big off season this past. Um, you know, a couple months, wrestlers spoke about the the free agents they signed and the expectations coming into the season. When Lloyd was hired, he was there. And then when they fired Lloyd, he's nowhere to be found. And it's also interesting that, you know, wrestler was in Miami for this road trip. And Travis did this press conference from the hotel wrestler is there it's not like they had to you know he he lives in california permanently it's not like they had to like you know wrangle him in for a zoom conference right he wasn't in he wasn't in dubai right (laughs) exactly like he was he was in miami so to throw travis out there when and i 
I get it from Travis's perspective because he was asked about this last night about, you know, ultimately who made the final call and Travis said it's him. I mean, anyone with common sense knows that um, the owner is going to have final say on this. It's not just Travis yeah. making this decision with Landry Fields, the assistant general manager, and, and the other guys in the front office. Wrestler has to right. sign off on this. So it was interesting to not see Wrestler answer questions last night from reporters. They never do. They never have to answer <laughs> no, to anybody. They, they right speak right. when you're they right feel right. like it. If they yeah. want to yeah, right. stay in their caves and just <laughs> appear, like, you know, if or when the Hawks ever turn this around, I bet he'll be the first one doing a press conference. <laughs> but when the going gets tough, the owners never, like, I don't understand how that's not part of the collective bargaining agreement. You guys should have to talk once a month. I talk every day. Talk once a month, man. You fire your freaking coach and you don't even address the media. That's that's a lot to me. Yeah, I mean, like I said, he was the one who was talking after they signed Bogdan Bogdanovich, Danilo Gallinari, Chris Dunn, talking about how these signings were going to get the Hawks <laughs> into the playoffs. And, and then, <laughs> I mean, he's nowhere to be found when, you know, shit hits the, f- the fan and they fire the coach and he's nowhere to be found. So I, I thought that was disappointing. In these times, I'm always reminded of that famous interview that Dolan gave to Michael Kay, um, you know, after the Phil Jackson thing had turned into went haywire. And he basically explained, he's like, look, I went out and I paid a dude who's got 13 championships, $60 million. I put him in charge. I gave him autonomy. I don't got to talk. I paid this dude <laughs> to be my human meat shield. Like, what are you talking about? Like, why am I talking anymore? That was essentially what he said to Michael Gay. Like, I'm done talking. You know? Well, um, and so a lot, yeah. and I understand a lot of these guys are like, look, that's what I pay Schlank for, to be the mouthpiece to take the hits. Get it. I get it. You know, right. I no, get it. True. But it'd be There's nice if they, they were, you know, held accountable every now and again. No, right. There's some, was, there's some truth to that. I mean, you that's know? part of what, that's yeah. why I think Jerry Krause was, uh, you know, Jerry Krause was so, you know, unfairly kind of castigated for just doing what Jerry Reinsdorf told him to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not like he made that decision on his own not to pay Scottie Pippen. You know what I mean? Like, come on. <laughs> like, somebody made, wasn't his call. Um, so, you know, I, I get it. I get it. But to your point, when you pick Trey Young over Doncic, you did that ownership, not not the head coach, not the GM. You did that. You said, I'd rather have Trey Young in here than Luka Doncic. Okay. You got to own that. <laughs> you have to own that. You know, and you got to own firing the coach. You got to own picking the player over the coach. That's all I'm saying. Just own it. You know? Um, so, uh, as as Waz mentioned earlier, you know, Chris, all of the all of the moves that they made, I mean, on paper, they all sound great. But if the guys aren't actually playing, <laughs> I don't know how you can blame the coach for that. You can't. I mean, I don't know how you can blame anybody for that. The guys aren't actually playing, and when they get on the floor like Gallinari, they're playing banged up or hurt, and they can't move. I mean, I just don't know how you can judge anything that's going on with Atlanta right now. I think it's kind of. I actually think they've kind of. I don't want to say overachieved, but given the fact that they they haven't had their squad together one game this year. I'm not sure how you could expect a whole lot better than what they've what they've given you so far. Yeah, it's difficult. I think the one of the main things that 
um, wrestler grew frustrated over in these past several weeks is the fact that the Hawks have blown 11 leads in the fourth quarter this season. And from my understanding, he felt that because of the fact that they were able to be in the games in in those late situations, they had enough talent to ultimately win the game. But when you look at the record, 11 of the 20 losses have come when the team has blown it in the fourth quarter. The, The Miami game the other night, Lloyd's final game, they were... Tied 338 left in the game, down two with like 230 left, and they end up losing by 10. And it's the same, it was the same story over and over again this year where they were in it late, they had it tied, or they were ahead by a couple points, and they ended up losing by 10 points. And just from my understanding, Wrestler um, just couldn't take it anymore. He felt that the talent was good enough to win. They were in the games, so why can't they close it out? And I think that was the ultimately one of the bigger reasons why, when you're looking at in-game situations or in-game reasons for why Pierce was fired, that was one of them. But as far as the free agents go, yeah, I mean, it's, they haven't gotten anything really from any of these guys. When Rondo's played, the I mean, when Rondo's off the floor, the Hawks are 14.9 points better. Um, Gallinari can't move. I think I can get 20 points on him if he's defending <laughs> me. Um, right. Bogdanovich has played nine games. He's expected back um, uh, for the Miami game on, on Tuesday night in limited minutes. Chris Dunn hasn't played a game. I mean, the only free agent who's who's actually been available is Solomon Hill, and, and they were not expecting Solomon Hill to be a rotation player. Yeah, I just it, – it, it's – it's just odd to me. I mean, I understand expectations, um, but that seems to be, it seems to be, to me, to be a misreading of NBA basketball, which is the, you don't win NBA games in the last three minutes with your role players. Do people understand that? <laughs> like, you don't, you know, I, I mean, am I wrong? Was? I mean, you know, like, you know, what's the name? Caruso's not winning games for the Lakers at the no, end. Of course, He's not. Of course not. <laughs> Of course not. You know what not. I mean? I mean, you, and I'm not hating on Caruso. He's a hell of a player. He's a good player. You, you, but you the know, Hawks was My, Myers to, Leonard's not winning games for the for the Heat no. at the end. You the know? Hawks <laughs> were supposed to win games this year because of Trey Young, because of Bogey, because of John Collins, right? Because Clint Capella is an excellent defender, excellent role man, excellent screen setter, because these guys are of a certain quality. Um... But yeah, they're supposed to be winning games because of Trey Young, John Collins, who wants to be paid, by the way. Um sure. and you know, and 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 probably Bogdanovich to an extent, because he was seen as somebody who's gonna be a difference maker, a guy who, you know, you wouldn't mind taking the ball out of Trey's hand to allow him to operate in pick and roll, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. you know, the 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 um the sort of hypothesis of this team, the the idea of this team has never even been able to come to fruition, you know, because of injuries. So, you know, I, I get a power struggle. I understand that you. I would probably side with Trey Young, too, because I actually think really high of him as a player and his ability to generate quality offense, no matter what the pieces are out there. Um, but you know, it's just tough for, for, for Pierce and, and, you know, you don't want to cry for these guys. Like, you know, your contract as a coach is fully guaranteed and he's made millions of dollars doing this job. So, you know, he won't be on the streets or anything, but still (laughs) it sucks whenever somebody loses their gig. 
Yeah, I mean, it's tough for, for someone like Lloyd. Um, I, I think maybe in a, in a positive, I mean, his wife just had a baby, so at least he'll be able to help around the house more. And, and the miracle of life. Right, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right? I mean, he, she did have a baby two weeks ago, so, I mean, I would assume that his wife isn't too unhappy with the fact that he'll be able to help around the house more. But, I mean, as, as you said, for, for Lloyd, um, you know, going into this year – he had a fourth year team option that wasn't picked up right then you could tell that, okay, like Lloyd had to do something, um, you know, well this season in, in wrestlers eyes and Schlenk's eyes to have a chance to have that fourth year team option picked up when the season con- uh, progressed, there was no indication that that was trending that way. And once again, that's a sign that they didn't feel like Lloyd was going to be here long-term. And ultimately they felt that, you know, getting um, Pierce out now with two games left before the all-star break, the guys were together. They were able to communicate um, the morning after Pierce was fired Tuesday morning and, um, you know, say what they were planning to do long-term McMillan's system, the way he was going to implement it. It's going to take some time, but, um, you know, I, I think the timing was definitely eye-opening to some, but it, it does make sense that they want at least two games before the all-star break while they're all together before sure. they, they go their separate ways. So what's no, going to be sense. expected of Nate McMillan coming in, coming in here? Like what's, what's now the, you know, cause that's what this is all about, right? Like you don't get fired without there being some sort of recognition on both sides that expectations weren't met. And so expectations have to be set Um, to the best of your knowledge. What is the expectation of Nate McMillan? If they went at the same clip that they won um, basically before Lloyd Pierce got let go, is that good enough? If Trey Young feels good about his new coach? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, coming into the season, it was very clear from Tony Ressler, from Lloyd, that this team was going to be in the playoffs this season. That's the goal. They want to be in the playoffs. I don't know if, you know, say, for example, they get the 10th seed and and win those two games in the play-in tournament and and end up being the eighth seed. Is that enough? And they get swept by, say, Brooklyn or whatever. Is that going to be enough for McMillan to get a long-term job? I don't know. I I think they wanted to be higher than the seventh seed so they didn't have to play in the the play-in tournament to, you know, guarantee themselves a playoff spot. But as far as the expectations for McMillan long-term – I really don't know. I mean, it's it's he has 38 games um, to to prove that he is the guy for this job. If the Hawks don't make the playoffs, I don't I don't see any way that McMillan's going to be here long term, even if Trey is a fan, just because of the fact that they wouldn't have met their main goal coming into the season, which is making the playoffs. So if that doesn't happen, I would expect uh, an entire new staff next season. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Hey, I want to ask you also, uh, Chris, while we have you on, um, you're in Atlanta, obviously. Uh, This very, very odd all-star game is going to be played in Atlanta on Sunday with everything kind of crammed into one day instead of over four days as they usually do. What is the vibe in Atlanta right now? Are people like hype for this or are people like, eh, it's not, there's no, there's no public events. There's there, there I've seen a handful of parties, but it doesn't, it's obviously nothing like it it normally would be on an all-star weekend. Well, uh, judging from my Instagram and the the Atlanta accounts that I follow, there's definitely hype around this All Star game. I mean, uh, <laughs> for for example, uh, I was about to say, Da, if, if Compound is not considered a public uh, a, a <laughs> arena, Compound is hosting they hosting events on multiple nights. Shouts to Bobby Schmurder. Um, he just got out of prison. He's booked two nights at the compound. I got you. I got you. Okay, go on, go on. Educate me. Go ahead. I was just about to say, Bobby Schmurder got out of jail and he's partying this weekend in Atlanta. So um, I, there's definitely buzz in the city on the event on Sunday, even if it's not a regular game. Um, from from my perspective, and obviously living here for the past year while we've been in this pandemic. Atlanta is probably the, the the last city I would choose to host something like this, just because of the fact that I mean most of the city hasn't taken this seriously, um, and I, I don't think it's going to change until everybody, or at least we're all vaccinated at a level where it's still safe to go around. Um, it, it's I, I personally will not be at Compound or Blue Flame or Magic mm. City. This, mm. this this weekend because I, not, I do not value my health. With, with your with your wings piece, I mean that was one of the best <laughs> things in the whole section. We need last, that you know, follow up, Chris. We need it. Was your wings piece? Yeah, I mean I'm sure Magic City will be popping this this weekend. I, I will be far away from Magic City, even though I, nah. I I do live a few miles away from from Magic City. You know, yeah. it, it, it 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 blows my mind as somebody who lives in L.A. Who you know. We were completely basically shut down again for a few months and very recently have allowed, you know, outdoor dining, et cetera, et cetera. And you hear that um, they're about to let people do indoor dining, et cetera, et cetera. And because, Chris, I have family in Gwinnett County, um, you know, I'm getting firsthand accounts about what's going on in in Hotlanta, which is just not what I just told you LA was doing. It's the complete and utter opposite. Yeah, the clubs are packed. I mean, I was walking around um, Saturday afternoon and the bars were slammed. I mean, it's just like 
what we're what we were living like in March 2019, where you know right. you can go to bars on Saturday afternoon and not worry about a thing. That's just what it's like here. It's that no one, you know, is, is a lot of people aren't taking it seriously and and living life that, um, you know, in pure bliss that nothing is going around on around them. It's bizarre to me. This is totally bizarre to me. I, I don't think I haven't traveled since last February or March or whenever it was. It's just crazy to me that there are people that are just like, no, nothing's bad's happening. What are you talking about? Five hundred thousand people <laughs> and, dead. What? What? And DA, listen, because you know, I still follow a bunch of people from home, right? From New York, and New yeah. York again was one of those places that was fairly strict about locking everything down and you know not being able to do pu- public outings and all of that stuff. And I've seen multiple trips from people to Atlanta specifically to participate (laughs) in what Chris was just describing. Houston, don't think I forgot about you either, Houston. Houston was getting busy too. So don't, we can't leave Houston out. They've they've been just been like, hey, hey man, we're going full steam ahead with this thing. That's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So, So the weekend, but wait a minute, if the players aren't coming in until Sunday, how can you advertise see LeBron or whoever at the spot on Friday and Saturday night when it's been already it's public knowledge these guys aren't coming in until the game day until the day of the game and they're leaving right after well i mean the one thing about atlanta this is a city just built on hype if they, yeah, I mean, like I said a few minutes ago, I mean, Bobby Schmurter got out of jail, and you know, the first place he's coming to party is Atlanta. First place he's booked, yeah. So I mean, <laughs> it's Atlanta, yeah. So the, I mean, that place is going to be slammed. It, it's just the fact that you know anything around the NBA, or I mean, there's a lot of other rappers who are going to be um, performing on Saturday night, and I think Friday night as well. Um, so it, I know the NBA, um, actually cracked down on, on these places, like using their name associated with it. Cause they don't want to be associated with it, but right. Right. I mean, it's on. pure ignorance <laughs> yeah. on the fact of the NBA to not think that these places and, and clubs and bars were going to use this event to promote whatever event at their establishment. I mean, that's funny to me that, I mean, the, I mean, first of all, I don't think the NBA, I mean, I know they say they cracked down. I'm, I'm sure they did, but, you know, they don't really care. They really like the associations, I think, more than anything else. They just they just can't say it publicly, but they love the, the DL associations with, with all of Atlanta, you know, the whole the whole flavor of Atlanta. Um, but official Atlanta, you know, the mayor is like, don't come, don't, don't, don't have parties. Are they going to crack down? Are you going to see Atlanta PD um, in the streets breaking stuff up if it if it gets out of hand? No, no, they're not, they're not going to be doing this because I mean, again, this has been going on for over a year now. There, there were right. there were, I believe it was like one or two months where um, the the city's orders were to you know, stay in place and shelter in place. Yeah. Don't, don't go anywhere. Right. So it was one or two months. Yeah. And then <laughs> okay. after that, it was it. back to That's normal it. life. Back to normal. <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable. It's just, it's just incredible to me that this is the, this is the, the tone we're going to take with, with, with so many people around the country and around the world. Wow. 
It's a while, but what are you going to do, man? This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, hey, Chris, man, look. Uh, oh, wait a minute. We, I was going to I was going to um, I was going to say goodbye, but we got to do our questions. We haven't done our questions. This yeah. Week, yeah let's let have Chris our, get, get in the question. Yeah, yeah, we love game. to have our guests help jump in on these questions, but you can't. One of them is just for why. So we can't jump on that one, Chris. But we ask you to send us not stupid questions every week to Athletic NBA show. And you do that very well. And it's another good week of questions. We will start with uh, from the Don. At Metal Hoops Head, he says, which tandem would do you think would be better off if they were separated for equal talent but at a different position? Lillard and CJ or Tatum and Brown? That's a good question. That's not a stupid question. I like that question, Waz. So if you had to split up Lillard and CJ McCollum or Tatum, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, which tandem would be better off if they were separated for equal talent at the other position? So, Waz, I'll give that to you first. That's a good one. Uh, I mean, i I'm been on Jalen Brown, greater than sign Tatum <laughs> for a minute. Like, for a minute I've been on that. Right. So, obviously, that goes without saying. I just think, I, I just think Brown is just, he's just a little bit more dynamic because he's a little bit more athletically explosive and I tend Mm -hmm. to gravitate towards those guys. Anyway, that's my bias. Like just the sort of physical stuff. I get that Tatum is very skilled and has been basically since the day he stepped on the court. I just like Brown a little better. And, you know, CJ was actually playing much better than Dame. Um, before the season started, but uh, you know when CJ went down and Dame was like, "All right, I have to start taking things seriously." I, I, like he's played at a level that I don't think CJ McCollum is is capable of. So you know, I, I'm taking Dame. I'm taking Jalen Brown. Um, all things being equal, you're taking Jalen Brown. Okay, I'm I'm gonna take Dame just because I'm I'm a Dame guy and I'm never gonna. I'm a stand for Dame. That's what yeah. I do. That's who I do it for. Um, because I would, I, I would, if you put Dame with just a, you know, it doesn't even have to be. I'm not gonna say put with him with Anthony Davis. That's an easy one. If you put him with Sabonis or Miles Turner, you know what I'm saying? That level of big man, I think right. he would be devastating. You know, I just think that someone that good would be an All Star caliber. Not even like, not even like best player in the league, big. But just an all-star level big with Dame, I think we'd be ridiculous. I, I I don't know, Chris. What do you think, man? Yeah, I mean, I agree with your point right there. Um, you know, because just be just because you know, watching Trey this year with 
an actual big man um, instead of Damian Jones, Alex Land, Bruno Fernando. <laughs> um, and, and, I, and I look at Trey and Damian in similar ways. I know like a lot of people want to compare Trey to like Steph Curry. I, I more so see Damian Lillard in, in Trey. Um, so I, I would say that your point right there about Dame with uh, you know a legitimate big man, I think he would be. I think his game would just elevate to heights we haven't even seen. And obviously he's one of the best players in the league. And it's crazy to think that, you know, if he had, you know, one of those big men that you were just talking about, I I do think he would be even much better than what we've already seen. Okay. Okay. Let's get to question two from Killer Mikey at Killer Mikey 1. Who's the team that the top seeds in the West want to avoid in the first round? I'm torn between the Warriors, no matter how bad they look against the top seeds. Curry, Draymond, and Kerr are still three-time champs and are going to be a problem, or the Nuggets with Jokic and playoff Murray? Good question, Killer Mikey. What you think, was? I mean, that goes without... This is not even a contest. It's Denver, to me, by far, right? Like, they've, you know, and people underestimate how injured Denver has been this season, right? Like, Jokic has been the constant, but he's been playing with some pretty bad dudes, right? Like, the, the rotation has been decimated by injuries this year. And I just think, you know, even if you want to say Jamal Murray is not the supernova that he was in the bubble, because he was just, he was unbelievable in the bubble. Even if you want to say he's not that guy, Denver's just way more dangerous. Like we just watched them beat the Clippers who everybody thought was a world beater last year. Right. And, um, you know, I, I get that they're definitely going to miss Grant. Um, who went to Detroit this postseason. But I, I just think between Jokic and Murray, like these are, these are big, big, big gamers, man. Um, I would be deathly afraid of those two. Okay. Um, I'm not sure. I, I I can't say for sure that I believe the Warriors would be the current Warriors. You know what I mean? Would be a a major threat to a one or a two seat in the West. They'd be a threat. Don't get me wrong. Curry's that good. He's that dude. He's he's sensational. And Draymond, and, and all the points that, that Killer Mikey made are, are accurate. Um, I just am not sure that they have quite enough in terms of the front court to really pose, to really scare a Utah or a Clippers or a Lakers in the first round. Um, I would go with Denver as a lower seed. If Denver winds up being a lower seed, I just think the pedigree is there. Jokic's numbers are just insane. His ability to get other people going with his passing is is amazing. And then, you know, Jamal, we saw what Jamal could do last year in the bubble. I, I would tend to I would tend to believe Denver a little bit more than the, than the Warriors right now. What do you think, Chris? And I think, you know, the guy you, um, both of you didn't mention, I think if Michael Porter Jr., I, I, in my opinion, I think he's been yeah. a little disappointing yeah. this year. If he can figure it out, especially defensively, I mean, that just gives Denver a really, really talented player who, um, you know, if he gets going, I I do think he has the ability to take over games. Um, I'm I'm really high on him. I think he's going to be a really good player. Um, It might take some time, but, you know, if if he can figure it out, I I think that's a a nice three that Denver has in Jokic, Murray, and, and Porter. All right, so the last one. It's Wonderbread with a U, Shane Wonder L I ten, I think is the handle. Can Big Waz explain his constant Tatum slander? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing about 
um, somebody like Jason Tatum, who basically from his rookie year, because he he did exceed expectations and he developed in a way that not a lot of people saw coming, right? Like he was the fourth pick in the draft. Um, you know, t- people moved up the draft faults, you know, <laughs> like uh, he's he's gotten a lot of praise. And I think Celtics fans, have they've seen him as this guy who is going to be you know, who's going to drive quality, who can drive quality offense unto himself. And Mm. I've just never thought of Jason Tatum to be that guy. And I think the numbers have sort of borne that out, right? Like he doesn't have that quick first step. He doesn't get to the line as much as you would like, you know, sort of a dominant wing that people would like him to be to do that. And, you know, it doesn't feel like that's something he's going to develop. I just never saw him as that, you know, quick twitch, no, they can't do anything about you because, right. you know, you can overwhelm them physically type of guy. I never saw him as that kind of guy. And so people considered me to be a hater. You know, I remember. <laughs> so. So listen, I remember. And, and I, you know, this is my buddy, so he won't mind. But I remember after Tatum's rookie season, I think they got Kyrie and I'm listening to my man, Windhorse. That's my boy. Windhorse is my boy, but I'll never forget right. this. This is a team with Al Horford. This is a team with Kyrie Irving on it. And this is Jason Tatum's second season. Cause he mm-hmm. I guess because he killed Rodney Hood in the Cavs series. He was like a world beater, I guess. And Windhorse said, Jason Tatum's gonna be the best Boston Celtic this season. And I was like, my goodness, this is, this is kind of wild. But it, but the thing is, Windhorse said it, but it was a sentiment that a lot of people felt about Tatum. He yes. Because he, as a rookie, he didn't stink it up in the playoffs, which normally rookies do. That's, that's right. true. To Tatum's credit, normally rookies are bad players in the playoffs. And he wasn't. Yeah. And so people right. just took that and was like, well, if you extrapolate that out to, you know, seasons right. three and four, yeah. he's yeah. going to be Larry Bird. And I'm like, right. guys, right. Right. like, why? Why is he going to be that? Like, what is he going to be so much better at than what he is as a rookie? And he has. He's gotten better as a playmaker. Def- defensively, he's a plus defender. You can't take that from him. Um, yeah. And he's not even 23 years old, right? So he's a good, like, I, I respect Jason Tatum's game. I just, if you think he's ever going to be, you know, what Kawhi Leonard is right now, no, that's yeah. never going to be his future. Yeah, no, I don't think he's Kawhi Leonard either. I think he's better. I think he's very good, though. <laughs> no, he is very, very good. He's an all-star yeah. player. He's an all-star. Yeah. He's an all-star. Yeah. Now, you know, everybody thinks their players are better than they are. Every every fan base thinks that, right? I mean, every fan base in the league thinks their their players are the best players. Um, so I'm not surprised that Boston fans felt that way. Um you know, it's fair. It's fair to say. You know, is he? He's not an all. You know, he's not a top five player in the league. I think that's fair. I think that, and I don't think you're dissing him or hating or anything of that nature. If you're saying that, um, I think that's fair. Is he? I a just top- think coming out of his rookie year, da, like the expectation was like, all right, this guy is going to be a world beater. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that just yeah. hasn't borne itself out, right? Like him and Jalen Brown are playing excellent this year, and they're a 500 right. team. You know, like a different kind of player. That's not, that team is not 500. You understand what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I'd love to be proven wrong, you know, whatever. If he becomes this dominant force, I'll enjoy watching it. Right, right. Chris, any, any last thoughts there as we wrap up here? 
I mean, in my opinion, I think Tatum is one of the top 15 players in the league, um, one of the best two-way guys. Um, that, that's my take on the situation. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I again, I, you can make it. I think you can make a top 10 argument, even. I don't think you can make a top five. I, I don't. Um, and if that's the standard, I think that's a really unfair standard, both for him and, and for for the people that are, are saying that about him. So at any rate, gents, it was great. Thank you, Chris, so much. I know you're incredibly busy right now with all of this and you got games to cover on top of it so thank you for your time my brother um and thank you Waz, as always hey if you uh like what you're hearing here on the hoops adjacent episode of the athletic nba show leave that five star review don't leave a one star review we'll be very very upset with you if you do or keep it to yourself all right we'll talk to you next week As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.